battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cold this week. It's just tis the season, I guess. I'm a little bit snotty, uh, so I apologize if I sound a bit stuffed up. Uh, it should be a, a pretty good interview this week. Um, it's going to be a, a lot about communication with Michelle Katzelnick. Michelle pierced in the, the D.C. area, Washington, D.C., for a long time, and then uh, semi-recently has moved to Michigan to work at Kittenflower. You might remember I did an interview with the owner of Kittenflower, Zach June, uh, a couple months back. That was a really good talk, and again, we talked a lot about communication skills and then, too, and that's mostly what, what Michelle and I talk about today. A uh, couple things that I want to just talk about before we get started with that interview. Uh, I'm just about to head over to Glasgow, Scotland. That should be a really awesome one. So I'm recording this on a Sunday. I'll probably post it on a Monday. And then Thursday, I'm going to fly over to Glasgow, Scotland. I'm going to spend a couple of days there just kind of hanging out with uh, with Jeff Saunders. And then on uh, Monday, the 25th, we're going to be doing that, that all-day class. It should be pretty fun. You know, we got our, our T-shirts printed up for it. It still makes no sense to me. It's like a, a whale with like nerd glasses and then another whale with a wizard hat and um it, it's cool uh, but it's definitely out of left field so it's definitely interesting um there's going to be uh, semi-exclusive shirts really just for the uh, the attendees of that class so if there are any extras left over after that maybe i'll release a couple online but they're probably just going to be for the, the people in those classes uh, after I get back from Glasgow, I'm only going to be home for maybe two or three weeks, and then I'm going to be heading right out to L.A. So if you're in the North Hollywood area, Los Angeles area, um, I w- I'd love to see you at that class. It's going to be the full-day session of understanding and applying freehand piercing techniques. Registration for that's open now. Uh, you can go to the uh, Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page and check out the event page, or you can just go straight to my website, precisionbodyarts.com seminars, or you can even just uh, email me, Ryan pba at gmail.com if you want to just get yourself registered for that class. Uh, after that, um, I think maybe like two weeks after I get back from LA, I'm going to be doing the Boston Tattoo Convention. It's uh, it's a little bit hectic every year. You know, it's a, it's more piercings than I'm used to doing in uh, even a busy day at the shop. So it's a great experience. Uh, it's fun to kind of see those those Boston area people. You know, I've got my Boston area clients who come to the show year after year and get pierced by me, and it's always cool to see them. And I'll be doing uh, another class while I'm there. I'm going to be doing. Uh, kind of a shorter class, a two-hour session of uh, nipple nipple theory uh, stuff. I'm going to be doing some video. Maybe I'll even do a, a live piercing. Uh, I'm not really sure yet. You know, we'll, we'll kind of see what the attendees want to do. Um, that class is also open for registration. That's going to be Sunday, March 31st. Uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. So uh, I'd love to see you there. If you're one of those New England piercers uh, who have come out to the classes before, you know, I'd love to see you come on back and we can talk about nipples. Um, Once I'm done with the Boston Tattoo Convention, I'm mostly going to just be gearing up for the APP conference. You know, it's, it's really, it's conference season right now. You know, I should be working on my classes and, and slideshows and all that stuff. But, you know, I've got other stuff I have to get taken care of first, my taxes and all that junk. So um, you know, once I get back from Glasgow, I'm really going to double down on, on getting all my prep work done for the APP conference. 
uh, and then heading into that, uh, it's one of the busiest times of year to to be a piercer, especially if you're going to be attending classes and and then also teaching classes and also uh, doing the board meetings while I'm there and all the responsibilities that go along with being on the board. It's a crazy busy week, but I love it. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Uh, And registration's open now. So, you know, if you're a body piercer, um, especially if if you've never been to conference, we would love to have you there. It's not just for APP members. It's for any professional piercer, regardless of skill level. You know, if you want to if you want to learn some stuff about piercing, there is literally no better place to do it in the world than at that conference. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, go to safepiercing.org. You can check out all the info. You can see all the different classes and the instructors and get yourself registered and uh, hope to see you in Vegas. So I'm going to just read a, a quick email that I got from someone um, talking about uh, the, the episode that just went up with Chris Myers from Steelworks. Uh, And it says, uh, hey, Ryan, disclaimer, not a piercer. Thanks for posting the interview with Chris from Steelworks and not ignoring the history connection between body modification and alternative communities. So far, I haven't had to use the line with uh, anyone I see. Hey, I have piercings older than you, but I'm amused at how piercer culture has changed over time. I am too, believe me. Uh, I do appreciate your podcast. I think you do a great job by talking to piercers who were around at the beginning, the newer groups of piercers and people who make products for the industry. It's a great perspective. Uh, I lived in Goffstown, which is in New Hampshire, pretty close to me. Uh, about the time you were starting out, I used to shop at Hot Topic at the mall. Oh my God. I used to work at Hot Topic at the mall. Uh, I was a client of Raylan's, uh, and that's Raylan Galena, one of the one of the greats of the, the early piercing industry. I was a client of Raylan's at that point, and I still have some vintage lip service clothing I bought from Hot Topic in New Hampshire. Oh my Lord, you are one of my people. Um, the, the Hot Topic crowd was, uh, it was really my jam uh, back in the day, you know, back when I was maybe um, 17, 18, I was really just like obsessed, you know, I was a mall goth, I would hang out there on Friday nights, and you know, I talked my way into a job at, at Hot Topic, and you know, people would know me as like the piercing guy, and, and sometimes they'd like call me at work at Hot Topic to like set up appointments for me to to pierce them and, you know, sometimes in good situations, sometimes in bad situations. But uh, it was really a very formative time of my life, um, really starting to kind of come into my own as a, as a body piercer. And uh, that's really the last um, the last full-time job I had before I was a professional piercer. I remember having to put in my, my two weeks notice at Hot Topic because I was about to go and start full-time at, uh, at a shop when I was about 20 years old. So a um, lot of good memories from Hot Topic, a lot of ridiculous memories. Some of them you know, are, are best left uh, as, as just memories, no photographic evidence, thankfully. Uh, but thanks, Anne, for that email. I appreciate it. And for now, I think we're going to get into that interview with Michelle Katzelnik. Um, and we talk a lot about uh, communication. And we talk a lot about how um, a lot of piercers were in that kind of uh, early formative years of their piercing careers when they were really extreme. And it was all about, you know, uh, wear all black and have giant jewelry and, and be intimidating and cool looking and how that's maybe not a great way to communicate with clients. You know, if if there were other clients that are into that style, sure, maybe you can bridge that gap. But, you know, I think a lot of other clients look at piercing as just a professional service or as a fashion trend, and you don't want to intimidate them by being like super Captain Extreme or anything like that. So a uh, really good conversation about communication. And uh, let's jump into that interview with Michelle. Uh, my name is Michelle Katzenick. I work at Kitten Flower Boutique in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, my Instagram's Michelle Massacre 666 and uh, my Facebook is just my legal name. Um, a couple weeks ago, it was actually my 10-year anniversary. Oh, cool. So how, how long have you been a kitten flower? 
I've been a kitten flower since uh, September of 2017. All right. And for, for someone who's that far into their career, you know, 10 years in, like how long would you say it took before you were kind of at the level you wanted to be at? Because I, I know that very few people get to really kind of start out where they want to be. So I, I feel like it happened about like five years ago mm-hmm. when I first started working at uh, a shop that carried quality jewelry, really cared about piercing, made sure that uh, we were able to have everything that we needed to do our job safely. What are, what are some of the things that you think take go, like take, like takes to go into a shop that supports that kind of like forward momentum in someone's career? Because I, I meet so many different piercers who it's, it's kind of that mixed bag, you know, maybe they're in a shop that already prioritizes things like jewelry and sterilization and training, but I think a, a lot of shops don't. And, you know, what are some of the things that you think, um, like maybe shop owners would want to know, or, you know, what are some of the things that you think Im- improve those shops and get them thinking a little bit more progressively? I think honestly, the big thing is a separation between piercing and tattooing. Yep. Um, the where I am now, we are all just so involved and so in love with our career that it makes sure that not only are we actually forever learning, but we all have the same level of passion for it, right. which I think is really, really important because if you don't like what you do, why are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I, I think I hear more and more uh, like high quality, experienced piercers talking about that that importance of separation between tattooing and piercing and I, I think that you find you know not all the time but a little bit more frequently when it's kind of commingled into the same space and it's kind of treated the same way for both that you know those are the usually the shops where piercing isn't very well like well regarded you know that's usually more feels more like an add-on service to tattooing than feeling like its own thing and having you know like you said people who are career oriented instead of just like that's their job Oh, totally. I mean, even in the last shop that I worked at, when we had high quality jewelry, it was still piercing and tattooing. So regardless, if we did carry top of the line, best that you can buy, it was still an afterthought. And it it's really unfortunate for not only the people that are doing this job, but also our clientele, because they can 100% understand the difference of the vibe and the atmosphere when they walk into a tattoo shop oh, totally. rather than rather than verse like when they walk into a piercing only a shop yeah yeah i mean i I think um one of the biggest chapters in my career was when i when i moved to the studio i'm in now and we we had it was two stories and we had the space to be able to say okay tattooing has its complete own space upstairs is a tattoo shop downstairs is a piercing shop we keep them very separated and you know it's everything it's it's the color of the walls and the decoration but it's also like the music and you know the the staff and the way we dress and stuff like that you know tattooing is definitely more laid back it's more like casual friendly kind of atmosphere where people are just hanging out and then piercing is more of like the professional service you know wear a button down shirt and keep the music kind of slower pace things like that Oh, 100%. Um, I've, I mean, I listen to metal all the time, but I can totally tell the difference of how our clients react, how their body language tells me how they feel about their presence in the shop from when I'm playing Demu Borgir versus when I'm playing Mazzy Star. Totally. So, I, yeah, I think it's really, really important. And honestly, I really didn't get that for quite some time. And being able to move forward and realize like, Hey, like it's not 
again, it's not like the nineties. We're not sitting here. Like we're, we have piercings and tattoos. We're so obscure. We're so different. Like, no, we're just normal people that have things on their skin. So why wouldn't our clients want the same treatment that when they go into a clothing store rather than when they go into a piercing shop? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important that everybody gets to express their individuality, but you really do have to understand that sometimes like, okay, this is, this is a professional setting. So I can be myself, but I need to be the professional version of myself. And I, I think some piercers kind of hold themselves back by maybe kind of hanging on to maybe the wrong generation of maybe not wrong. That's not the right way to put it, but a different generation of piercing where it was all about, um, you know, me and extreme and, you know, tribalism and, and whatever, whatever, <laughs> like the, the catchwords were in the nineties. And now it's just like, okay, you can have tattoos on your face. You can have all kinds of like visible piercings, but you know, you still need to look like a professional. So when someone walks through the door and you're trying to sell them like a hundred or 200 or $300 piece of jewelry, they can look at you as a serious professional and not just think like, Oh, this kid is trying to trick me into buying an expensive piece of jewelry. Oh, totally. And it's one of those things where I think for a while, I, myself, I was stuck in that because I used to go by Michelle Massacre. I was so scary, whatever. Um, but now, like, honestly, I, I, I'm, we do kids' lobes. And right. it's, it's an experience where, like, I have tattoos on my face and I do look different. But if my clothing and my demeanor and my attitude can like contradict that then that's totally fine yeah i like kind of you know making people do a double take you know uh for sure when i go somewhere you know if i'm wearing like a suit or a you know a shirt and tie and some you know nice shoes or, or whatever i want people to look at me and be like okay uh you know this guy's got all these piercings in his face but he's like he's dressed nice you know he doesn't look like the 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 typical like you know piercer piercing fan kind of person because i think a lot of people you know out there in the world who already aren't like exposed to body piercing they still kind of see that that you know piercer cliche kind of thing as a negative you know like you look like you're a drug addict or you look like you're a a skateboarder or a a juvenile delinquent or something like that and i like to be able to kind of twist it on their head and be like no no i'm a i'm a i'm a professional adult i just happen to have a bunch of piercings Honestly, that's one of my favorite things about that because it's, again, honestly, for me, being black and also being all tattooed and pierced, every single time I go into a store, I get followed around. Really? So, yeah, it's def- it's def- oh, 100%. Uh, it's definitely, like, that cool feeling. And sometimes, like, if people are actually treating me terribly, then I actually won't spend money in their business. But yeah. sometimes it's just, like, you know, try to flex on them. Just be like, yeah. I really wanted this laptop or I really wanted this like over a grand piece of musical equipment. So not only are you going to think that I don't want to buy it, I'm going to make you ring me up for it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do like the, the pretty woman thing where like, you know, you you come in a huge mistake. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've had situations like that. Like when I went to, when I went to go and, and do this new building that I'm in now, uh, I went to my my regular old business bank, and you know they they were gonna pitch me about like this great 
this great loan that they could do for me and this business relationship. And, and the person I was normally talking to to open new accounts, they were great. They knew my business. They knew me. They respected me as a, as a professional. That was awesome. And then they handed me off to their uh, like business loan specialist. And whatever reason, you know, we did not we did not match up. And if he thought that I was just like some dumb kid or whatever, but he he talked down to me, he made me feel stupid, and I was like, hey buddy, like I have like more jewelry in my face than like the value of your car. So it's like, you know, maybe <laughs> take me seriously and realize that like, you know, I'm I'm legit and I'm here to like spend money with your bank. And uh, I, I just got such a bad taste in my mouth that I went I went to another bank. And then I let him know about it, you know, and I said, hey, you know, I, I, I had every intention of spending my money with you, but, you know, you, you treated me like an idiot, so I, I went and I spent my money somewhere else. And then maybe next time someone comes in and, and they're asking about something serious and they have, you know, some modifications or some piercings, they're going to look at them as an actual, like, serious professional. Yeah, and that's really important, like, for us to kind of... Uh, mirror in the piercing industry because yeah we do have people coming in uh, looking at pieces that are fortune carat gold genuine stones um, I have the honor of working in a shop that we get all the newest and best sleeping goddess stuff and those new ultra halos are awesome and honestly the mini halos are still really rad but people people will come in and they'll like they'll pick that they'll immediately go for the the thing with the diamonds super sparkly real big and flashy fancy and it really matters that we, when we say these things with confidence because it's not like a ooh it's it's going to be like 250 to start right. it's like no this piece this is piece is 250 um it's got a uh, uh, 14 karat gold with genuine stones in there we've got some vs diamonds in there as well and not only when you speak that with confidence but also your body language and your attitude back that up it really does help to make sure that our industry looks really solidified and we aren't just sitting here like oh yeah like 250 take right. it or leave it it's right. this is really awesome yeah well, you know, I think one of the, the best thing that's happened to the piercing career is that uh, piercers have, have learned how to communicate the way that you, you get communicated to when you go to, you know, when you go to a car dealership, when you go to an electronics store, there's a, a trained professional who knows the product backwards and forwards. They're going to be able to answer any sort of questions for you. And I think that's what the, the piercing industry has really done right over the last few years is we've learned how to communicate and talk to people um, and, and not to like trick them or dupe them it's just to let them know that like you know we're serious we know what this product is we back up the product we can answer any sort of question about it and now that's what i tell clients when when they come in and they they kind of think like you know maybe i'll buy from you maybe i'll try somewhere else i try to tell them like okay but ask them questions and if they can't answer any of these questions it's really not worth spending your money there you know because communication is so key to know uh, what's in the jewelry, the quality of it, is it going to actually work for that person, all those things. So I love to just kind of, you know, lay it all out and, and let the information do the work for me. I'm not trying to, like, push a sale. I'm just trying to inform the person and, and let them make the choice that they want to make. Totally. And honestly, that's, again, one of the things that I love where I work now is the fact that all of us are really just big piercing nerds and we love to give our clients all of the information. We make sure that we say things like there's no such thing as a stupid piercing question because we are the professionals. We have the answers to their questions. So regardless if it's, uh, um, 
I keep touching it every single day. I don't know why it's irritated. It's never like a, oh, we'll stop touching it. It's a, hey, well, so just so you know, we tell people not to touch their piercings because, I mean, you know how many things your hands touch a day. We're not washing our hands all the time. So make sure not to touch your piercing. And they're like, oh, I get it. Like, awesome. That's great. And it's, I think it really does help a lot that we do love what we do. And it's really important for our clients to know that um, everybody that comes into our shop, either if they, they we either have the neighboring shops uh, send us piercings because they know that we are the piercing specialists or people will go get a piercing somewhere else, have a bad experience, come see us, see that we're not here for judgment. We're not here to be like, Oh, you did this wrong. We're just here like, Hey, like, I'm sorry that this happened. Let's walk, walk me through it. Let's walk you through it. We'll, we'll figure out how to fix this. And if not, we can just redo it. And I think that's really super duper important. Yeah. I, I hate the, um, the trash talking mentality. It seems like, it seems like it's, it's almost a generational step in a piercer's career, though, where they have this period where they'll, they'll take pictures of piercings that were done poorly in another shop, they'll post it on Facebook, and then they'll kind of like, you know, they'll, they'll subtly trash a shop. They might not mention the shop by name, and hopefully they wouldn't do something that petty, but, you know, they'll say, okay, this is what's wrong with this piercing, and this, and this, and this, and I can kind of get it in a way where you're trying to educate the public, but... Sometimes it comes off as, as almost like immature and petty where, you know, I would rather just uh, pull the piercing, redo it, and then post a nice picture of how it was redone without necessarily needing to, to drag anybody else over the coals for it, you know? So uh, it, it's kind of like you said, you know, it's about education. If someone comes in with a piercing that's a little bit jacked up, I'll, I'll just kind of say, well, you know, uh, this isn't really ideal placement in my opinion. What I would maybe suggest is you know, taking it out, leaving it out for a few weeks, uh, let us redo it at this different location or with different size jewelry or, you know, hey, I'm noticing you have scar tissue and I think it might because of, uh, be because of this issue or, or maybe this angled pressure, something like that. But I don't want to make someone feel stupid or, or try to like brag and be like, oh, well, we never have that kind of problem, stuff like that. You know, you want to communicate and educate a person if they have a bad experience because you want to give them a great experience next time. A hundred percent. And it's one of those things as a piercer, because I love what I do. I really hate hearing those like scary piercing stories from clients and like just really bad experiences. Uh, hearing, hearing stories where people felt like they were violated or feel like they were talked down to or the piercer it like insulted their anatomy. It really hurts because it's one of those things where in, in the big, I feel like a lot of us in the beginning of our careers, we were those people that are like, Oh yeah, that's terrible. Or like, Oh, well that's because they suck. And I feel like it takes a level of maturity to realize that you can bring yourself up without putting other people down. Sure. So just, just make your work show, show your worth and who you are as a person, show your worth rather than like your internet likes or the people that think you're cool. Because I, I mean, I feel like we all have haters. We all have people that don't like us in this industry, but they don't matter. Our clients matter. So when we have peer people come in for a, a console for a piercing that isn't healing well, um, it just, it just really, it's really important to, again, approach them with confidence. Ask them, like, I usually am like, hey, do you mind if I'm blunt? 
and like a hundred, honestly, like 99.9% of the time they're like, yeah, for sure. And yeah, you just list the reasons like, Hey, well, I think your piercing, uh, would have been healing a little bit better if it was done at a different angle, if it was done in a different placement or things like you don't have the anatomy for it. Yesterday, I actually took out uh, an industrial piercing for somebody that their ear didn't have the anatomy for it in the first place, but they also had PTFE in so not only was it like a curve it was starting to warp and curve but it was digging into their helix and it, it was a different situation because they kept feel they kept apologizing for oh man I just should have come here I'm so sorry and it's like no like it's honestly I'm sorry that somebody in my profession damaged your body in this way because that's not what we're here for right yeah, you know, I, I try to do kind of the same thing. You know, I, I'll I'll look at the piercing, and my first question is almost always going to be, um, you know, was that done here? No, okay, where where was it done? You know, just so just so I know, you know, it's kind of a mental record because you, I think a lot of piercers have like the trouble shop in their town where maybe they're a little bit cheaper, and maybe they're not putting out super high quality work, and you have to see that, and pretty regularly, you know, you deal with it. But uh, I don't want to try to. Uh, uh, like shame the client or make them feel dumb because they went somewhere when like just like you said earlier they're a client they're not an expert on body piercing that's our job we're there to to inform them tell them what they need to know sometimes unfortunately people go into shops where they don't they don't have that same priority uh, you know maybe they'll put money over success but uh, when people come into my place I don't want to make them feel stupid because they went somewhere when they they didn't know everything they needed to know so I'll just I'll talk to them you know and Hey, these are the things that I think are, are working against you for this piercing being able to heal. Sometimes it's just, okay, let's change up your aftercare, let's change up your jewelry. But, you know, sometimes it's also, do you really want to double down? You know, you're already having problems, you're already having scarring. Do you want to kind of stick it out or do you want to maybe, you know, I can take it out for you or, or whatever? I think that's a, a big part of a piercer's career and moving forward. You don't necessarily need to compete with another shop on their level. You know, you don't want to trash the shop and, and make someone feel stupid for going there and that they should only go to you because you're the only one that does the good job or whatever, just just talk about the positives. Just say, well, you know, that wasn't great, but we can do this and this for you in the future. And, you know, these are the steps that we take to avoid problems like that in the future, just so you know. And, you know, we would love to have you come back in the, in, in the future, things like that. But, yeah, I, I try not to just dump on competition uh, because, I don't know, it, 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 it doesn't seem productive. No, it's definitely super skeezy, honestly. And again, it's one of those things where we're not in the 90s anymore. We don't have to be like, oh, yeah, we're we're way cooler. It's like you said, um, we're client oriented. So regardless of if we think we're a badass or if we think we're the shit, it's, hey, we do a good job. Um, we really want to do the best for you. There's no sort of oh, well, you shouldn't, you should come here because the other place sucks. It's, you should come here because we would love to see you. It's right. our pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just talk about the positives, you know, like there's enough negativity out there already. Uh, I really don't think that there's any point in, in instigating that, you know, and uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, presentation and it's not the nineties and everything, you know, uh, I think we should talk about some of the things that we probably might regret earlier in our careers, you know, with the way that we presented ourselves or our work environment or, or whatever. And, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, listening to metal, you know, the experience for my shop for a long time was you'd come in, uh, we'd have three different metal CDs on shuffle and, 
you know, there you just hear tattoo buzzing, and then maybe somebody would would come up and just be like, "Oh, what do you want?" You know, and uh, then you got to wait for like the the cool BME kid with his Genko jeans <laughs> and his eyeliner to to come out of the back and and help you out. You know, and uh, it was pushing things on people like you know, hey, have you ever thought about a surface piercing? Or yeah, sure, I can do this. You know, double zero gauge dermal punch in your conch. You know, no no problem, and all that kind of stuff like. I, I look back and I realize like how silly I was and how many wasted opportunities I had to really connect with, with a client because the client came through my door because of our reputation. You know, people said, Hey, you should go to you should go to precision, you should go to PBA because of this and that and then they came in and I dropped the ball by being like super cool kid, you know? And now I, I realize that you have to give the client the experience that they walk through the door looking for. You know, you have to be the professional, you know, and maybe sometimes you do have to sacrifice a little bit of, of your personality to kind of, you know, put on the customer service face and, you know, talk to them like they want to be talked to and, you know, yes and no and here's the information and yes, I'm happy to help you and not just kind of like, wicked sick, ugh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, what were some of the things that you did earlier in your career that you were kind of like maybe cringing over now? Oh, I mean, honestly, just being standoffish, being that person, like, that thinks they're just super cool because they can wear whatever they want to work, look however they want. And looking back at it, I have a shirt that has the C word across it and like a baseball font. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it's actually honestly one of my favorite shirts. And I did get a lot of compliments on it at work. But at the same time, like, that's a harsh word. And for somebody coming into a high quality shop and spending money on gold and genuine stones, that's a hard sell. And I don't, I, I, I definitely regret wearing things like that at work. And I also regret the fact that that's how p people saw me because that's not cool. Like right. maybe when I, maybe when I was like 21, like, Ooh, curse word on my shirt. So edgy. But now I make sure that, um, I am more approachable just because of the way I look like I am tattooed. I have face tattoos. Um, I have a constant RBF sometimes just because that's how my face is. But in reality, I'm, I'm a super goofy kid and like I go home and sing songs to my dog and cry over Grey's Anatomy. We're all just normal people, honestly. So I think that being able to let go of the harder image and just kind of be goofy at work works a lot better for me because it makes me more approachable. And that's what I need because I can't, I, I mean, I can laser tattoos off or change my actual like skin and what I have in my face and whatnot. But I feel like as long as I'm just like, Hey, what's going on guys? Like, Oh dude, you want to do a nostril piercing? Heck yeah. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. That works a lot better than, cool 1.5 cz gonna be a little bit small but i guess we can do it like whatever yeah and that's and that sucks and it's one of those things where we have clients all the time one of our bread and butters at kitten flower is uh kids lobes and i actually don't have that much experience doing underage piercings because at my last shop we just didn't in dc it was illegal to do anything under the age of 18 so I didn't have that like 
ability to do that but now i'm just like hey hell yeah kid you want to do some rainbow flowers like let's high five awesome do you want me to show you that i can do a shadow puppet dog before we set up for you (laughs) does that make you feel awesome do you want me to wear the shark hat heck yeah whatever whatever our clients need i'm there for because they're trusting us with their bodies and that's a super important part of this job is that they have, we have their trust. We have their blind trust. Most of the time. I always, I always think it's weird when people are like, Oh, like, I don't really know where this is supposed to be placed, but I'll trust you. And you shouldn't trust strangers, but in our industry, you go into there, do a shop and you're the professional. They have to trust you and you need to make sure that you're worthy of their trust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think once you once you hit a comfort zone with yourself and your career and you can just like get over yourself basically and realize that you're not the coolest person ever, I think that can be again another chapter in your career where you can have those interactions with someone where because you know, you're not you're not self conscious, you know, you're not, you know, nervous, you don't feel silly. You you realize that you're just you know, you're there for the client, you're making them comfortable, you're making them happy. You know, I, I remember when I needed to have everything black, you know, everything possible, you know, so black gloves and black face masks and I'd wear all black and rah, 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 you know, and, uh, the, the walls were like this really dark red color and I, because that's when I was in my BME phase and it was like, Oh, this is, I'm a super cool, like piercing doctor or whatever. And now it's just like, man, I don't care. I just, I, you know, I'll talk to people about video games or their cats or something like that you know and it's like i just want to give them a good experience and let them feel comfortable and happy and i don't care if they think i'm cool anymore i know i'm super cool wrestling nerd piercing nerd video game nerd i don't need anybody else to be like oh yeah you're just super cool piercer it's like just be happy just tell people that you had a good experience in my shop and that's going to make me way happier than if you think i'm cool or not oh totally that's one of the kind of awesome things about uh moving away from where I lived for my entire life and starting a new career in a new, in a new state and, and honestly a completely different clientele base. And it was one of those things where unfortunately what <laughs> three and a half weeks after I started here, I broke my arm so bad I couldn't pierce for three months. <laughs> but, um, but even then those three weeks were enough for people to be like, they'll come back in they're like oh yeah like you pierced me what happened to your arm and like even in that like little bit of time i feel like i feel like i am imprinted on people which was really cool and now it's even cooler because i work between both of our locations so it's just wild to me that already people are like yeah michelle the girl with the face tattoos and honestly i have a lot of different like descriptors which is which are all honestly very goofy but (laughs) it's really awesome that people are like no i had this like bomb experience at kitten flower and i bring all my friends there and that's just where we go and that means a lot because it's they it's a we live in a city that has multiple colleges in it and there's tons of shops and they can go anywhere. They're college kids. They don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of money on piercings, but regardless if they had a bad experience somewhere else and they came to us or if they just heard like word on the town, go to kitten flower and they come see us and they're like, wow, like I, now I know why all my friends go here. You guys are so great, which means a lot. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the best measures of success. You know, you have those return, repeat clients, referrals, all that stuff. You know, there's a little spot on my release form where it says, you know, how did you hear about us? And uh, the majority of the time, it's always like, you know, oh, friend referral or, you know, all my friends come here or my family's been coming here and all that stuff. I, I love to see that. You know, I love to see... Uh, clients that I've been piercing for 10 or 15 years or something like that, you know, and uh, just just being able to like know them and know their style, like even being able to have that sort of connection with anybody where someone comes in, I can be like, oh, hey, Julia, you know, oh, hey, I know that you love turquoise, but check out, we got these three new turquoise pieces in this week. What do you think? You like them, you know, and, uh, you know, being able to think of certain clients when, when you get certain options and then they come in and it's like, oh, hey, you know, you we, this is a new septum style that we have that you might like because you like this other one. And being able to like make those connections with people is, is super special. You know, when I was younger, I didn't really get it as much. You know, I was uh, really concerned about just like, you know, doing the, the new cool thing that, that everybody else was doing and trying to kind of fit into everybody else's like mold and trends. And, and then as I started to get more comfortable in my own shop, it was about like, all right, you know, these people are coming back here because we're, we're giving them the good experience and we're making them happy, and that's really what I want to focus on. Like, I don't want to focus necessarily on showing off to other piercers and making sure that I feel like I fit in with that click. It's, uh, like you said, it's about the client, and I want to make sure that they have the best experience possible. And I think that kind of makes the difference between having a customer and having a client. What you're saying about getting a piece in and thinking of a client, like, that's honestly really really rad because you're like oh cool so this one client she always wears rose gold she always likes new stones that have like inclusions in them so we uh, like about like a year ago or so um we got these Oregon sunstone pieces in and I thought immediately thought of this one client was like oh man she's gonna love these and Sure enough, she randomly came in the shop a couple of days later and was like, oh, man, those are so beautiful. I have to have them. And it really makes it an actual connection. When you have clients, you have connections with them. They're not just a dollar sign walking in the door. It's not it's not uh, something that you're going to profit off of. It's a, a symbiotic experience because not only are you really stoked to do the piercing with this awesome jewelry, they're really, really stoked about it too. And I think that makes a complete difference in how you deal with people because I've worked in shops where it was just like, they were just like a dollar sign out the door. Like I didn't care that you were like, Oh cool. Like you always get turquoise, rad, whatever. And that was terrible because that's not fair to them at all. And now it's just like, yeah, it's like we, we'll get like a, a different setting of a CZ in and everybody's like, oh, another CZ. But I'm like, oh, man, this is princess cut. And this client has been waiting for something like this. So I'm going to definitely look through our paperwork and call them, be like, hey, just so you know, this new piece came in. I think you would dig it for your conch piercing. And most of the time they're like, oh, man, yeah, this is Brad. Thank you so much. And that means the world to me, honestly, because I think it's goofy that anybody trusts us with putting needles and jewelry in their body. And that's a huge level of trust. Oh, totally. You know, like earlier in my career when it was, when it was more of like a, Oh, what do you want? Okay. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a mentality with, with my shop, you know, I sure I could have lucked out and sold a fancy piece of jewelry to somebody. Um, but it would have just been because like they saw it, they wanted it. 
now, like, I, it's it's really important to me where if someone's going to be spending a bunch of money on jewelry, you know, if somebody wants a $300 piece of jewelry, I don't want it to just be like, uh, I really wanted to sell a $300 piece of jewelry, so I, like, talked them into buying it. And, like, I want to talk to the person, and I want to know what they really like. You know, I don't want them to just get steered in a direction. I don't want to just drive people towards the jewelry that I feel like selling that day. I want to talk to them and be like, okay... You know, what What do you like? Do you like yellow gold or do you like rose gold or white gold? And, uh, you know, what kind of stones do you like? You know, do you like something clear? Do you like something colorful? Do you like something with inclusions? Do you like, you know, really like blinged out kind of jewelry? Like, what are you into? And I think some of my, my favorite client interactions and the ones that create the, the best interactions and repeat business are the ones where um, I've helped... I've helped someone find the piece of jewelry that they fall in love with, you know, rather than just saying like, you know, oh, I've got this cool thing, you should get this cool thing. You know, talk to them, give them your give them your your advice, show them the selection and pay attention to what they say that they like and, you know, once they find that piece of jewelry that's perfect for them, uh, and then being able to perform a piercing really well and, and install that jewelry and seeing that, that look and hearing that enthusiasm when they finally see it in the mirror. Like, that stuff is classic. Like, that stuff is, like, priceless, you know? Like, it's really difficult to maybe get there if you're not comfortable with with that approach and if you're not in that kind of shop. But, like, when you can get there, um, it, it can really make a huge impact on your career. And you really I – don't, I don't think I would ever want to go back to a different style of shop. Oh, totally. Honestly, within – the month initially that I was here, it was just a completely different environment that I wasn't used to. And it was scary at first, but then I was like, wait, no, this is what I've been looking for. I'm in an environment where we have the highest quality of jewelry that we can offer our clientele. We have all of the measures to make sure every single step of this is safe and happy and friendly. And that's really rad. And it doesn't matter if it's a client that you know, once the rose gold piece with uh, with VS diamonds, or if it's that one client that is super stoked on Capri Blue opals, it's the fact that hey, no, I know this client really likes this, and we have that connection because they tell me what they like. They bless me by the fact that they consistently come back and see me, and then. There, I know what they. I know what jewelry they want to look at. I know what they're feeling that day, and it makes it. It makes it so you don't. I don't know. You don't hate your job. You don't hate the environment you work in. Really stoked, even with some of those the troublesome clients. One good one for the day is just like that. Oh man, yeah, this is such a good connection that I have with this other human being that I probably wouldn't have ever met outside of them coming into my job and having a service done by me and from some like as somebody that grew up in Montgomery County Maryland and everybody's super rich and fancy and conservative to be able to not only connect with those clients with the way I look but also connect with people that are like oh dude I see your pokeball tattoo next to your ear that's so cool it just it's it's different levels of human interaction which is pretty rad yeah, you know, I, I out in like the the wild, you know, in my daily life, I, I don't really connect with with people, you know. I don't go into a Best Buy to buy a DVD and like connect with the person who's ringing me up, you know, stuff like that. So it's nice to be able to to do that with my job because, like you said, you know, it, sometimes not every client is going to be 
super easy. You know, sometimes they can be a little bit challenging. Sometimes they can be a, a little bit short with with us. And uh, you know, it, it really it can really change your day when that one right person comes in. And even if it's not a sale, even if it's just like, oh my god, I've never seen so much jewelry and this and that, and I've, I've never been able to get piercings because I'm allergic to everything, and then you have to tell them, like, well, you know, you're not really allergic to everything. It's not necessarily you. It's like, hey, don't, this jewelry is nickel-free and implant-certified and, you know, whitened with palladium and blah, blah, blah. And being able to just have those conversations where you can kind of change their mentality of piercing and, and give them different, like, thoughts and possibilities and all that stuff where you can kind of spin it on their head and they can go from... I'll never be able to get anything to like, oh my God, I can get anything as long as I get, you know, if I get it with quality and those interactions are fantastic. Oh, totally. And it's with like things like jewelry quality, that's super important. Even with changing their first piercing experience being like this horrific nightmare that we could only ever imagine. We couldn't even think of doing something like that. And it's pretty cool to be able to change people's perspectives of you just by the way that you communicate with them. Because again, yeah, we're all, we have a bunch of tattoos, we're pierced. We might, like you said, in the wild appear to be scary. We don't really socialize with strangers, but when we're at work, it's a totally different vibe. It's like, Hey, thank you for coming in. Like, what's up? What, what can I help you with? And a lot of the time when people are just like, oh, well, I just, I, I, I need a piercing. And they start super duper standoffish. I think it's kind of, it's for me, it's kind of a game. I like to see that troublesome client and make them a repeat client because either they have a understanding that in their head that we're creepy people or we're just like we're mean tattooed pierce we don't have a personality we're just here to like shove a needle through you and get you out the door it's a it's a challenge it's it's, it's a fun challenge because you see, you see especially with like older clients where just they're just like they just want an ear piercing they just want a second lobe piercing or maybe they've never had their lobes pierced and they were going to go to the mall but one of their friends told them to come see us and they walk in and they see us, they see the way they look, we look, and they're like, they make their first judgment. And then we are able to reverse that judgment to not only having somebody that is like, oh, cool. Like, I thought this was going to be a completely different experience. You made it really rad. Thank you. Here's a tip. I'm going to tell all my friends about you guys. And I feel like that's just uh, a feeling that I didn't get in a lot of shops. The yeah. shops that I worked in in the past, uh, the last shop that I worked in was one of the best in the area, but everybody was super standoffish. And it was one of those environments where no matter what kind of level of customer service you gave, they were already getting the first impression from a counter person who either didn't want to be there because they weren't getting paid enough or they were just, you know, do thought they were putting in the time to be an apprentice or something like that. And now it's just like, no, our counter, even our counter people, I think counter people are one of the most uh, important parts of a shop because they Absolutely, are the first, yeah. the first face that people see. And uh, I feel like that's looked over a lot. I feel like counter people from not only a piercer perspective, but a client perspective are, are treated like the, the doormat 
and that sucks because we couldn't do our job as awesome as we do without awesome counter staff because uh, awesome counter person is like hey like what's going on how's your day been cool like what do you want to do oh you want to do a nostril piercing cool like what were you, what kind of jewelry are you thinking of and they end up selling that like $300 piece for you and you're just yeah. like dang heck yeah like thank you not only did you sell this piece of jewelry that we've been wanting to put in somebody but you did it confidently and made us look confident so it's just a helping hand in that well front counter staff sometimes they're like the unsung heroes of shops and you can really look at every single like high-end super successful piercing shop um nine out of ten of them are going to have really kick-ass front counter you know and and it's kind of like the the opening act for a band, sort of. You know, like they they are they're the first ones that that talk to the client. They can talk to them about jewelry, get them excited about their piercing. Even if the person has to sit around and wait 15, 20 minutes before a piercer can talk to them, the front counter can keep them engaged and keep them interested and keep their energy up and you know let them know that they're in a professional environment. So you know it's really important that you know if if you're training yourself as a piercer to be able to communicate better you you also need to talk to the front counter staff and you know if there isn't front counter staff anybody who's at that front counter if it's a tattooer if it's a shop owner they either need to know to like you know greet the person you know the piercer will be with you shortly please have a seat or something like that like it's it was terrible for me for a long time and I, again i don't want to i don't want to knock tattooers but my tattooers, um, it wasn't their job to greet the client, but they were greeting the clients more often than not in my old shop before I could afford counter staff, you know? So it was it was really a priority to me to be able to have enough money to pay counter staff so that when someone was coming in and they were thinking, go to Precision, Ryan is so friendly, he's going to do this great piercing for you, it's going to be amazing, you're going to have this good experience with good jewelry and all that stuff, and then they come in and a tattooer who's maybe on the computer trying to put together a design, you know, they're running late for a client, they're stressed out, they're tired, they haven't had lunch, and they're just like, what? I don't know, I'm not the piercer, I don't know how to answer, I, I don't know how much it's going to cost, just sit down over there, somebody will get to you. Like that can be so damaging and detrimental because when the client walks through the door, they don't know that this person is a tattooer. They're not trained. That's not their job. They just know that there's a person at the front counter and I should probably talk to them. Uh, so it can be really negative when you don't have those like friendly smiling faces at the front counter being the first person that they talk to. Yeah. And also you, you're are a hundred percent right counter staff really are the unsung heroes of shops because yeah it's really super important that their first that our clients first impressions are really really positive sometimes we're we we are dead and nobody's in the shop and it doesn't matter if this person's coming in to have a piece of jewelry taken out because their piercing isn't healing or they have to get an mri or something like that or if they're like you know what i'm about to drop buku bucks on the new piece that level of enthusiasm is really super important to portray to our clientele because we're stoked that you're here we really really want to do this piercing we really want to put this piece of jewelry in you we want to make you happy and counter staff that yeah like if it's if it's like a tattooer or someone like that they're just like oh yeah like we'll get to you in a sec even just saying saying that same sentence in a positive voice is the huge level of difference because yeah we get super busy and it's hey how are you doing i'll be with you in a second i just gotta help these guys out first 99.9 percent .9 of the time they're like awesome thank you like take your time whatever because 
if they're if they're greeted with positivity chances are they're going to come right back with that positivity rather than just being like, oh, I have to wait 15 minutes. It's like, well, in those 15 minutes, like we can totally talk about jewelry. We can talk about like the process of doing your piercing, things like that. And uh, even with, uh, I, f- I feel like this new wave of counter staff, I honestly kind of hate the word counter staff. I feel like at this point, especially in piercing only shops, things like jewelry specialists, or I know, uh, the like years and years and years ago, the first time that I stepped in the St. Sabrina's, they had hosts and hostesses. It's just about how you uh, carry yourself. And you're like, hey, like, hey, yeah, welcome. Thank you for coming in. Have a seat for a second. We'll be right with you. Really goes the extra mile to make sure that people feel like, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to get the service. Right. Yeah. I mean, all that, <clears throat> all that really makes sense. And, uh, uh-huh. You know, I, I would really encourage piercers out there. You know, if you feel like, um, if you feel like you have it down for for piercing or for jewelry, or if you feel like you're you're at least getting where you want to be, uh, communication is one of the big things that I think sometimes people overlook. So, you know, if if you get the opportunity to go out and shadow at a shop, you know, don't just try to get in the piercing room watching how they do that. You know, uh, listen to listen to people how they're talking about jewelry sales. Listen to their aftercare speech. Listen to how they're talking about paperwork or pricing or anything that, you know, like I really like to, you know, learn how people communicate. And that's how I, I learned my sales approach, you know, and in my customer service approach, I was not captain friendly. I was like moody goth kid. And then from hanging out with other really professional piercers and seeing how their shops ran and seeing how they talked and communicated with people, that's how I learned to get better, you know? So uh, just like you can practice your piercing and you can learn from someone, shadow from someone, you know, your communication skills can, can really be improved through through that kind of stuff, too. Oh, totally. And like shadowing and also like when you start getting referrals from people, I think that was one of the biggest turning points in my career. Um, I worked in D.C. for most of my career initially and. As most people know, Luis Garcia used to work in D.C. Um, he worked at Preferations, and it was this pretty uh, well-known piercing shop. So when a lot of his cl- his old like gay clientele would be like, hey, like I can't get up to Philly, who should I see? And he would send them to me. Me being like a baby piercer, I was just floored. I was like, wow. Luis Garcia is sending me people. I have to I have to prove him right. I have to make sure that these people are getting the 100% experience that they would have received from every good piercer. And I think that's also one of those things where I don't like to hold people up on like a pedestal in this industry, but I feel like it's rad to look up to people and not necessarily in a, like a worship weird way just a wow you like helped pave the way to make this industry what it is today i super appreciate you and i'm gonna do you right and even if it's somebody that's been piercing for like 20 years or if it's somebody that's been piercing for five that uh their reputation helps our reputation so it's just we should all be just be lifting each other up you know Sure. Yeah. I mean, anytime I get a referral from, from someone, I, I, it really weighs on me as like, okay, I, I can't blow this, you know, like the piercing or the customer service or the anything like, you know, I, but I also don't want to get in the mentality of like, I'll, I'll go that extra mile for the referral when it's like, I want to go the extra mile for everybody because I, I realize, 
you know, they could have walked through any door. You know, they could have gone to any shop within 20 minutes of me, you know, and they, they chose to come into my place. So I need to make sure that, that it's worth it for them, you know, and even if I'm having a, having a day or if I haven't eaten my lunch yet or whatever, you know, it's, I want to give them, I want to give them my best. You know, I want to make sure that they, they get the information, they get the choices, they, they get the expert piercing and the, the aftercare and the whole experience. Uh, and you know, I, I'm glad that I that I know how to do that now as a piercer. You know, I, I was comfortable with the needle part for a long, long time, but the the interaction and communication part was where I was kind of lacking for a while. You know, and now that I've I've gotten more comfortable with that, I feel like I'm I'm really just giving the clients a, a way better experience. And you know, I I think it's cool. You know, that that you got to you know move on to to different opportunities, and you know, you get to to see yourself grow and in, in this environment that you're in and all that stuff. It's just super cool to to see that because sometimes piercers are in you know that tenth year of their career and they're just they're just burnt out and they're just like meh yeah whatever fine. Uh, but it's cool to see someone with ten years experience still enthusiastic and and you know ready for tomorrow. Oh, totally. I mean, honestly, when I got this job offer, I was I was totally I was totally blindsided. Honestly, um, I came out here to do this guest spot because Justin was like, "Dude, you got to come out, come hang out." Zach was like, "Dude, you got to come hang out." Because the first time I met Zach was when he was touring with Sleeping Goddess when it was just uh, Stone Plugs, and he needed a place to crash, and my house was in the area. I was like, "Yeah, dude, for sure." He came through the next day, bought some jewelry, and I guess he had kept his eye on me from there. And so finally, when I got out here, did my little week uh, guest spot. And once I was like right after my the last piercing of my guest spot, Zach pulls me aside and was like, we need to talk with you. And obviously, you like most people know that the sentence we need to talk is not normally a positive thing. So I, so I'm sitting there, I'm just like, Oh man, like I got a guest spot in kitten flower and I blew it. And I'm sitting there like running over every single piercing. I'm like, I feel like I was really friendly. I feel like I did everything to the best of my ability. Walks me into, uh, the lobby area and he has his managers and most of the people that work for him down there. And I'm just like, okay, God, this is gonna, Ooh, this is going to be a thing. And so in true Zach nature, totally flips the script and is like, so I know you really like DC, but what can we do to have you come work for us. Our clientele really liked you. Everybody that works here thought you really vibed well. What can we do to get you out here? And I, I started crying because honestly, where I am right now is really where I want to be. Um, this shop has every part of like the whole living the dream thing. I love doing piercings. I have literally said since the day that I started my apprenticeship that once I start making money off this, if I get, if I could have my bills paid, my dog fed, things like that, I would do piercing for free because I really, really, really just love what I do. Being able to facilitate an experience for somebody that I don't like my nose. I want to get a nose piercing to help love myself more. That's a huge thing. And the way that we have everything set up at Kitten Flower is just really that vibe a hundred percent. And I, yeah, I started crying cause I was just like, Oh my God, like I'm so excited because this is a dream for me. And the fact that I'm going to be able to live that dream is surreal. That's awesome. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's, that's just really cool. That's a feel good moment. 
Oh, dude, yeah, it really, it, honestly, it really was, because I was, at that point, I felt burnout. I felt like I was being stagnant in my career, and that sucks, because nobody wants to be stagnant. That's boring. And I want to learn more. I want to do the best that I can. And things like conference, like, the one thing that I told Zach that when he hired me was, I've never been to conference before. I've had the ability to, I've had the money to, I just have, I've never had the coverage and I wasn't allowed to leave the shop for a week to learn more things. I really want to go. And he made sure that that was a thing for me. And that was really super important because our environment is forever learning. We consistently have workshops. We have a DOF workshop today, actually, which I'm pretty stoked about because no matter how many DOFs you've done, you can always learn something different. And that's the environment one that most piercers should love to be in. They should always want to be able to learn more. Even if it's doesn't matter if somebody's been piercing for almost 18 years, doesn't matter if somebody's been piercing for three years. If they have a technique that is different from the way that you do something and it can be beneficial to not only you but to the client, learn it. What's what's wrong with that? Why would you not want to change the way you do something it makes things a little less boring you know yeah i mean that that's a perfect way to look at it because you know the piercer i am today is completely different than the piercer i was 10 years ago you know and it's because of the things i've learned and the conversations i've had and the, the you know the tips and tricks that i've picked up over the years so yeah it, it's good to, to always be in an environment like that you know i try to maintain an environment like that in my shop too where i you know i, I talk to the other piercer you know Oh, hey, I saw you did this. It looked great. How'd you do it? You know, that, oh, that's cool. You know, where, where'd you learn that? Was it a forum or another piercer? And that's awesome. Show me. I want to see it. And all that, you know, it's, it's cool to have those conversations because when you get to the point where you're just like, yeah, I know it all, then, you know, it's, it's not going to be fun for you going into work anymore. So it's, it's, it's cool to have that. But um, I, I think this might be a good place to, to start winding it down. We've, we've covered a, a fair amount of ground. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, um, thanks for talking to me, and especially kind of early in the morning, you know, tech issues and all that stuff. But definitely have fun with that that workshop today. That sounds pretty awesome. Will do. Cool. So one more time for the people listening, uh, what's your social media and where, where can people find you? Uh, my social media, my Instagram is Michelle Massacre 666 and my Facebook is Michelle Katzelnick, my legal name. It's kind of hard to spell. Um, I'm up at Kitten Flower Boutique in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and also sometimes in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me, Michelle. Thank you. And I'll see you in Vegas. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. All right, thanks for talking to me, Michelle. I appreciate it. Uh, not sure what next week's episode is going to be. I have uh, one or two interviews kind of up in the air right now. Hopefully I can get one of those done before I leave for Glasgow. I've got three days to get another episode ready for you for next week. Uh, if I can't get an interview, I'll do some sort of q and I've got a lot of stuff queued up. Uh, from that Google form and from some email so I can answer a couple of questions and, and get that online. I'm sure while I'm in Glasgow, I'll have some time to interview Jeff uh, for another episode. We're going to be spending five days together, so I'm sure we'll be able to have some time for a podcast. And maybe I can link up with Lola or anybody else around the Glasgow area and, and get some uh, some podcast uh, content for you. Um, let's see what else. I was kind of messing around with the, uh, the analytics for, for the, the show. And, uh, I, I thought I was coming up on 50,000 listens 
and apparently it hadn't been tracking one section of, of how people listen to the show, and it turns out that I've got 68,000 listens on the show, so totally awesome. Uh, thank you so much for everybody that listens to the show and shares it and tells their friends to listen and all that stuff. Uh, it's so awesome. Um, but yeah, 68,000, you know, I, I'm coming up on my 100th episode, and I, I think I'd really like to get Brian Moeller on for episode 100, because he was on episode number one, so I think that would be kind of a a nice way to, to bring it back around. Um, you know, I never thought I would do this many episodes of this goddamn show, but you know, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, as, as far as, uh, things go now, you know, I've, I've got all those, those classes up in the air. I've got, uh, Glasgow next Monday. Then I've got LA on March 18th and Boston on March 31st. If you want to sign up for any of those classes, you can go ahead and email me at ryanpba at gmail.com. And uh, I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.